Welcome to Living Water Radio. Someone once actually asked me what day is Ash Wednesday this year. Okay, I'm pretty sure they meant what date, but there are things about Ash Wednesday that may seem obvious, but that are not clear to everyone, like the meaning of ashes for living life. Today we're going to see what that means. My name is Pastor David Burkettall. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a Christian Church Disciples of Christ, United Church of Christ ordained minister, focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the more than 100 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. Between the two of us, we have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. Finlandia is a powerful tone poem written by the Finnish composer Jean Sibelius in 1889 and 1900 to represent events in Finnish history after the Russian Empire occupied Finland and had begun to censor the press. It is a protest song, a song of resistance. There are two hymns that use the Finlandia hymn portion of Finlandia in the ELW, or Evangelical Lutheran Worship, published for the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America movement. It's informally known as the Cranberry Book, not the Red Book, which was the service book and hymnal, or SBH, published two hymn and service books ago. Shout out to all you hymnal nerds out there. One is number 792, When Memory Fades, a hymn of praise to God as we approach old age or diminishing capacity. I saw a t-shirt the other day that said, it's weird being the same age as old people, but if, like me, you're old or think that someday you might be old, this hymn might be worth taking a look at. The other is number 887, This Is My Song, which is found in the small national song section of the ELW. It's a hymn that acknowledges the love that everyone has for their country and emphasizes God's love for all nations. The second verse of the hymn ends with a song to God who is God of all, for peace for our nation and for theirs. This coming Wednesday, we will celebrate Ash Wednesday, the beginning of the church's season of Lent. We will have the sign of the cross smeared on our foreheads with oil and ashes, typically made by burning some of last year's Palm Sunday palms. This year, we will be thinking about the people of Ukraine living in ashes, walking in ashes, fighting in ashes, and watching ashes being made. We will be praying for peace in the name of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, for our nation and for theirs. We will pray for the day when rebellion against God ends and sin no longer brings evil and suffering into the perfect world God created, and there is a new heaven and a new earth without end. And we will begin the 40 days of Lent between Ash Wednesday and Easter Sunday, excluding Sundays, which are little Easter's. As we prepare to celebrate the reconciliation between God and humanity that was accomplished for us on the cross— It is a model for how we are to be reconciled with one another. Lent is a time for honest self-examination, a time to repent of the wrong that we have done. 
Part of that repentance is the resolve not to repeat what we have done that grieves God and has led us away from God. Lent is the engagement in that struggle against the things that are killing us and a time to turn to God and know the abundant life that is God's will for all people. We will begin the season of Lent, the preparatory season of the Easter cycle, with these words from Jesus in Matthew 6, verses 1 through 6 and 16 through 21. They begin with verse 1. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Doesn't it seem odd to read these verses on Ash Wednesday when we practice our piety in the most public fashion of the whole year? I mean, we could say that we're doing it at night and most of us will be going straight home after the service. Still, but the verses don't stop at beware of practicing your piety before others. I mean, isn't this the same Jesus who said in Matthew 5, 15, and 16, No one after lighting a lamp puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. The warning that Jesus gives us is against the religious expressions we do before others in order to be seen by them. It's not the action, it's the motivation. What could fall into this category in a culture that is increasingly indifferent, if not hostile, to expressions of religious belief? We can't see a person's motivation, but I sometimes wonder about people who put lots of praying hands emojis in their texts, or wear big crosses on TV, or do things that are the religious equivalent to what our secular culture calls virtue signaling. We are to let our lights shine, but to glorify God, not ourselves. We continue in Matthew 6, verse 2. So, whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Rich guys used to literally have public parades in the temple, complete with trumpeters, to call attention to their giving as they dropped bags of coins into the alms boxes. Jesus said, in effect, don't do that. We are to let our lights shine, but to glorify God, not ourselves. The reading continues with Matthew 6, verse 5. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. How many of us have said, I'll pray for you, and don't, and then see that person and send up a quick prayer and say, I've been praying for you. Yeah, I'm not the only one. God sees and God knows. We are to let our lights shine, but to glorify God, not ourselves. The passage continues with Matthew 6, verse 16. 
And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Pro tip, don't fast unless you check with your doctor first. If you do fast or do anything that you believe will help you grow spiritually, don't do it to make yourself look good to others. God sees the heart. I fasted once for three days after the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. The college food service said that if we wanted to fast as a sign of repentance and regret, and if we registered our action with them, they would send the money saved to an organization supported by Dr. King. So I did, but I kept up my regular activities, including running, which was not very smart. I was younger then, but still. If you're going to fast, keep up your regular activities, sure, but check with your medical professional first. And yes, I guess I am kind of virtue signaling here. We are to let our lights shine, but to glorify God, not ourselves. Jesus concludes this passage beginning at Matthew 6, verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Our money is a portable form of value. The way we use our money is an expression of what we value. Do you want to know what you value? Look at your credit card statement or your checkbook records or your budget. Martin Luther, the 16th century reformer, once said, I have held many things in my hands, and I have lost them all. But whatever I have placed in God's hands, that I still possess. On Ash Wednesday, the sign of the cross will be drawn on our foreheads with ashes. It's a reminder to us of, as we have seen in Ukraine, how quickly things can turn. The ashes will be applied to us with the words, Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. We will be reminded of the big picture. Jesus once asked in Mark chapter 8, verses 36 and 37, speaking of those who would be his followers, For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? This week, the source of our lives will be drawn with ashes. Ashes seem to be the end of things, but they can also symbolize its beginning. As Paul writes in Romans chapter 6, verses 3-5, through 5, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. I once read about the first missionaries to the Fiji Islands. At that time, Fiji wasn't the site for destination weddings. The occupants were cannibals. No ship would go there. They would only drop anchor long enough for people to bring boats out to the ships with fresh water to trade for consumer goods. The missionaries had to buy tickets to Japan, 
and when they got to Fiji, they asked the captain to drop them off there. The captain said, you can't stay here. If you go there, they'll eat you. If you go there, you'll die. The leader of the group said, we died before we came. Death is a past tense experience for the baptized. We are living in ashes. Our ashes are a sign of hope, a gift from God, the hope of the world. We have entered into new life. We are a new creation. We have been born again. Let that be the value by which we live our lives as we begin a new Lenten season. And may it lead us to renewed lives in the promises of Easter. Today, let's remember to pray for all those who have yet to get the vaccines and the booster, because they are most at risk to themselves and to others. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer sometime today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at the Revs David and Sally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to either of the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments there as well. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune into the worship service they have available and support your church financially so that it will be fully functioning as we move now out of the variance and back into the new normal. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. They're trying to find their footing. They're trying to keep everybody happy. You know how impossible that is. Support them. Pray for them. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody, contact a friend or a relative, Google a local national hotline, talk with a professional, reach out. You are not alone. There are people around you who will walk with you through this dark time and into the light. Wear a mask when you're outside your home, practice social distancing, wash or sanitize your hands regularly, get your vaccine. It's the one thing you can do to keep lowering the curve and to literally save lives. Do it for the sake of others. Avoid crowds if you can, and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. We all struggle in some way. Be a helper and an encourager. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated. <laughs>